I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. Don't forget to join me this Friday for the Bulletproof Upgrade Labs Biohacking Conference All-Stars, a very special double episode featuring Troy Casey, Anthony Copabianco, Michael Trainer, Daniel Raphael, Crosby Taylor, Dr. Marie Ambuni, Max Lugavere, Daniel Eisenman, Mia Magic, Samir Santaki, Andy Nilo, and today's guest, Tim Gray. It's a really cool episode where I do lightning rounds with all of the guests, asking them the same questions over and over again, and you'll be amazed at the answer. So that's the double bonus episode this Friday. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss that one or any show to follow. Let's say what's up to Organifi. Now, everyone knows, I think by now, if you're remotely into health, that green juice is really good for you. But have you ever actually tried juicing? It's kind of a pain in the ass and it's quite expensive. Now, I do it when I have time. I'll get on a kick and, oh, I'm going to make celery juice every morning because I'm like on the medical medium thing or whatever. I mean, I've been juicing for years, but it's expensive to buy all those vegetables and it takes a lot of time. And, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but time is money. So Organifi makes a green juice powder. It's an organic superfood green juice powder that you just add to water and you get your greens on the go. It's super fast, super easy. It tastes good. It's got a zillion superfoods in it. Way too many to name here. We'd be here all day. But it's um, it's 100% legit and it's kind of sweet. It's got a really nice minty sort of flavor to it. And it helps me get my energy going. I usually put this in my morning smoothie or I just have it right away. Um, I use them on the plane. I uh, travel with them. I keep them in my hotel room. It's kind of like the first thing I drink when I wake up in the morning most of the time. So I'm very stoked to keep supporting this brand. They've been with the show for a long time. I love them. They love me. They love you so much, in fact, that they're willing to give you 20% off your order if you go to Organifi.com forward slash Luke. That's Organifi with an I. Organifi.com forward slash Luke. Now, if you want to hook up that 20%, you're going to use the code LIFESTYLIST at checkout. That's Organifi.com forward slash Luke. The code is LIFESTYLIST. Gentle ladies and gentlemen, what's up? Here we are banging out another episode of the Lifestylist podcast with today's guest, my good friend, Tim Gray, who's a heavyweight digital marketing director and digital strategist and speaker. He's also a leading biohacker and quantified self-geek. He spent years testing, evaluating, and measuring thousands of biohacking techniques to improve health, cognition, and overall wellness. He's not only a leading biohacker, but Tim's also CEO of Conversion Rate Optimizer, a psychology specialist, a cognitive hypnotherapist, and even an NLP master practitioner. What we talk about in this episode is how Tim got his mercury-laden fillings removed by a holistic dentist, how mercury can contribute to things like magnesium deficiencies by screwing with our body on a cellular level. Tim's thoughts on Quicksilver Scientific's detoxification process and whether or not it works, the negative impact of obsessively worrying about your health, even when there's something worth worrying about, finding the sweet spot between awareness and fear, which is something, of course, I talk a lot about on the show, being such a health nut myself, why our unnatural surroundings require that we actively immerse ourselves in nature more often, 
the benefits and risks of hyperbaric oxygen therapy and how to avoid the lame versions of it on the market, the best enzymes, probiotics, and nootropics on the market, and finally, why I am so incredibly pumped for the Health Optimization Summit, September 14th and 15th in London, at which I will be a speaker and participant in general. So that's what's going on in this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. If you'd like to support the show, super easy to do so. And you support yourself at the same time, go to lukestory.com forward slash store. That's my massive health site where I link out to all of my favorite goodies, whether it be supplements, herbs, biohacking technologies, EMF protection, blue light protection, whatever you can do to make yourself healthy. It's probably on my site and I've vetted the best stuff. So it's a way that you can support some really cutting edge, great brands that have high integrity and are doing great things in the world. And you can also get yourself some discounts. And by the way, whenever I do my promos on the show for our sponsors, you can always find them at lukestory.com forward slash store at well. I know I rattle off a lot of links sometimes and it's a little difficult to keep up. Uh, so you can just find that at the mothership there and um, it's going to be really great for your health and great for the world. And share the store with a friend, you know, someone that's interested in buying this stuff and doesn't want to take the time to do all the research themselves because only super geeks like me and our guest Tim are willing to do that. Uh, I'll be speaking at Rama Fest in Majorca, Spain, July 19th through 21st. And then the following night on the 22nd, I will be doing the High Love Experience Workshop also at Rama in Majorca. So if you feel like heading out to Spain this summer for a little vacay, get some kundalini yoga, some breath work, some sound baths, some, you know, rad high vibe stuff, come visit me there. You can find my events at lukestory.com forward slash events. So there you go, folks. Thank you so much for joining me. If you enjoy this show, don't forget to share it with a friend. And now I introduce to you my friend, Tim Gray. Tim Gray, welcome to the Lifestylist Podcast. Thanks for having me, man. So it looks like you're somewhere interesting from what you showed me out your window there. Where the hell are you and why? I'm in North Spain in Lugo. In Lugo. Interesting. So that's where you UK people uh, escape to is, is France, Spain, etc. when you need a break, right? Yeah, it's only an hour and a half away. That's so amazing. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's like y'all's Mexico <laughs> to <laughs> us. You know? Or I guess like Aussies, they go to, uh, where do they go? Like the um, Indonesia or something, right? Bali. Yeah, Bali, Bali. yeah, yeah. So we all have our escapes where it's less heinous. Uh, so last time I saw you, you were sitting in this very room where I'm now recording. We were overdosing on some mysterious, perhaps even experimental nootropics and mm -hmm. recording a little tidbit uh, for another episode of a podcast. Welcome, welcome back to this room in a sense, although remote. What I want to do with you, Mr. Tim, is I want to talk about Briefly, your journey. I know you've been through a real shit show with your own health, which has led you to become this blossoming kind of world thought leader. And I know you'll be embarrassed if I call you that, but you really are kind of one of the pioneers and one of the people that's really bringing a lot of different worlds within health in general together. And so we're definitely going to be ending up talking about the Health Optimization Summit coming up in September, of which I am, of course, uh, a participant. I'm super stoked about that. But just having known you as a friend for a while, I've heard bits and pieces of your story, and I think it's much more gnarly than I probably realized. So take us back to when you were a sickly person who got desperate enough to try and you know, figure out your own health and take you to where you are now. Sure. Um, I was, uh, I guess, a 
200 mile an hour business guy building businesses and um, didn't care about what I put in my body. In fact, when in my younger years, I even smoked and that was uh, a heavy smoker as well. Mm, um, smoking. Yum. Eat, <laughs> I, I'm, I like a, the, I'm the ex-smoker who likes the smell of cigarettes. Like I'll walk by someone smoking. I'm like, oh God, I miss it. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> um, I think, um, I mean, I would eat Chinese takeaways. I would eat pizzas and uh, I didn't really care about my health at all. In all honesty, I thought people that were sick were just weak. That was um, a real thing for me back in the day. And it wasn't until I started getting ill, you know, I have kidney infections, urinary tract infections, prostate issues and whatnot. It got worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where I was on antibiotics for three months. And um, I was bloating like I was pregnant every day from anything. I just, I couldn't, it got to the point where I feel like I couldn't digest food. I mean, it pretty much didn't seem like I was. And the, the, I guess the uh, shattering moment was when I sat down in front of my doctor one day after having problems for about a year, saying to him, you know, what's wrong with me? And he said, Tim, I can't tell you, and shrugged his shoulders. I knew leaving the, the doctors that time at that time, and I couldn't drive at that point. But I had to take matters into my own hands. You couldn't drive because you were incapacitated physically? Yeah, I was just, 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 just not well enough to drive. I mean, it, it got to the point where... Um, and I'm, I, I feel like I say this very frequently, but I think it's a good indicator wise. I, I didn't even have the energy to hold an umbrella up at one point. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I got on the train to London when I lived outside of London once and I couldn't get off the train the other end. I just had to jump back on and go home again. It was just so that was how bad of a state I was in. Wow. So what, were, what was the, the first discovery that you made when you started this kind of human research project, you were telling me um, at one point how you actually had a flow chart on the wall. And I'm picturing mm-hmm. kind of a CSI investigation, finding the culprit or finding the villain. And you have, you know, all of these sort of threads. It's like, a, it's like when the FBI is going after the mafia, you know, you see in the movies, they have this chart on the wall of who's the boss and then, you know, running things. So what did that flow chart look like? And what did you discover as, as sort of the root causes of what, what was going on with yeah. you? So, I mean, I, <clears throat> I kept on having different things popping up left, right and center, um, whether it was infections because of um, low immune system or bloating because of antibiotics. And I would put down all the different symptoms that I would get um, and put them into like a family tree style chart on the wall, which I still have one today. And everything always seemed to come back to one thing. Now, the, the moment I connecting it, connected it was when um, I got thrush around a filling in my mouth. And um, I hadn't been eating hot pizza and I hadn't been up to mischief. And so there was no reason for that to be there. Um, it just happened to be around one of the teeth where I had a metal filling. So I Googled metal fillings and thrush and thus the whole world of amalgam illness appeared before me on good old Dr. Google. So I started researching it, reading every book I could, reading every forum post, you know, N equals one times, you know, a hundred really, just to see what everyone else was experiencing that the, you know, the doctors just didn't really think anything about. Um, And when I got tested for mercury, I had very high levels of mercury. So of course that went into the chart at one point. And every time a different symptom or something was going on, I would research it. And nearly every time it came back to the mercury. It's like it, the, the, the thing a friend of mine, Danny, that wrote the book called The Mercury Diary said to me is, Tim, you just got to get that stuff out. Now, if you know what mercury does to someone, 
it it really is quite a damaging chemical. I mean, to put it to the, an example of real world is that if in a school they break a thermometer with mercury in it, they evacuate the school immediately. But they they literally evacuate it immediately. But we are convinced that having it in our mouth an inch from our pituitary gland is okay. That's, that's pretty so, basic for me. Yeah, yeah, that's so crazy. It's, it's we so, are convinced. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate I know, you. Right? I appreciate you touching on that because I, I feel like based on the members of the Facebook group for the podcast and you know my interactions with the audience, uh, I think most of them are are pretty aware of some of the the bigger issues that we face, like you know having metal in your mouth that poisons you. But it's good to cover these things, I think, because a lot of people in the general public are not red pilled yet and are just kind mm-hmm. of. You know, well, I went to the dentist. He's got to know. He has a lab coat on. <laughs> I'm just going to do whatever he or she says, right? And 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 then we find out years later, like, oops, we were wrong about that. It's like when you look back at uh, old posters for tobacco companies, and it's a doctor smoking. And I even remember being a little kid and going to the doctor's office and the post office, and uh, maybe not a library, but definitely on airplanes. And everyone smoked, and it was, you know, this is like in the 70s. I think by then we knew it was bad for you, but. In the 50s, there was all this propaganda by big tobacco to say that it was actually good for you, right? Mm-hmm. So metal fillings, Wi-Fi, 5G, all these things now that are ubiquitous, uh, spraying our food with poison um, called pesticides, etc. These are just common practices. And at some point in the future, we're going to look back, no doubt, right? And go, oh my God, what were we thinking? Can you believe we used to put the most toxic substance below the radioactive substances in our mouth. And that's really how toxic mercury is. I I believe Mm -hmm. it's the most toxic non-radioactive substance on the planet. So you have like above that, you have plutonium and, you know, whatever the radioactive stuff is. But then right under that, mercury is the number one poison. It's just insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yet we're convinced it's safe in our mouths. And how did you go about, uh, when you finally figured that out, how did you go about getting it out? Because I think a lot of people probably make the mistake of not having it removed properly and then, you know, actually becoming mm-hmm. more toxic. Well, my, my initial reaction when I saw it was mercury toxic, I was like, holy shit. Um, I rang up my dentist and said, I'm going to get this metal out of my mouth. And they, they put, the receptionist put me through to the dentist and she said, oh, there's no proof or anything that it's bad for you. And I went, I want it out. And she said, well, I can only take it out if there's something wrong with the teeth. And like, that's the rules. And so I said, right, book me in. I'm getting them out because they're all aching. <laughs> so anyway, so by around that time, I started researching removal of metal fillings. And it turned out that you need to have them taken out safely by a holistic dentist where they put a rubber dam around the tooth. They extract it with a air machine so that you don't so no one else is breathing the vapors and you're not breathing them in too, because that can actually make you a lot more mercury toxic. You're breathing a mercury vapor, like crazy amounts. So I canceled that appointment and booked into a holistic dentist and had some of them taken out. Um, And I had them all taken out over a period of time. I had to give various reasons for each tooth to be taken out (laughs) because they're not allowed to take them out, but eventually they came out. And I read a book called The Mercury Diaries, which is he's fast become a friend of mine for many years now, um, Danny, who wrote the book, The Mercury Diaries. And it's about one guy's journey where he had so many deficiencies, so many immune issues and basically allergies as well, that he could only eat salad. At his illness, he could only eat literally lettuce and cucumber and figuring out mercury collation, liver flushes, um, adrenal uh, support, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And this one guy's journey taught me a lot of this stuff and 
before finding out what biohacking was. There are various different protocols to go on. Uh, there's the Andy Cut protocol, who he was a, a PhD in chemistry, and he figured out how to collate mercury using alpha-lipoic acid based on its half-life. So you take a tablet every three hours round the clock for three or four days a week, wake a day or night, basically. So you have to wake during the night. Uh, you know, I would wake at three o'clock and six o'clock and go back to sleep and then take one every three hours. And there's various other collation um, agents you can have as well, which half-life is six hours. So I was taking a tablet every three hours and a different one every six hours for three or four days every single week. Um, so it's pretty intensive, but it, it really works. And I tested at the beginning and many tests throughout the processes over two or three years of collating, if not more, to see that the levels of the mercury's come down. But more importantly, the deficiencies of the minerals in the hair analysis showing that I had less and less deficiencies because mercury comp competes for the cell of things like magnesium. So people that are often magnesium deficient and have tight muscles and seem to supplement with magnesium but don't seem to ever have better levels in their cell, it's often because they've got mercury in the cell and the magnesium can't get in. Whoa, I didn't know that. That's crazy <laughs> town, dude. Did you, so, did you ever do, I interviewed uh, Chris Shade recently from Quicksilver mm -hmm. Scientific, a brilliant guy and an expert on detox. Mm -hmm. And also I've mm -hmm. interviewed Dan Pompa, who's another you know detox mm -hmm. expert. And I was talking to uh, Chris, I'm just referencing that because people can go mm -hmm. back if they want to listen to episodes that are you know all about detoxing specifically, because we're going to move on from that shortly. But Chris Shade was telling me about some methods of getting metals out of the body. Um, and I asked him about something that I'd done to get my metals out. And that was mm -hmm. this L. Ron Hubbard Scientology niacin detox that mm -hmm. you, you, you mega dose on niacin every day for like 30 days and you take these certain supplements and you, you take the niacin, you exercise, and then you go sweat in the sauna. Did that happen to be one of the things you tried or did you work with infrared saunas or niacin or any of that? No, dude, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't do Scientology. <laughs> no, no um, I, I think I, I, lo I love Chris Shade, actually. Um, we've we chatted at several conferences and uh, along the way. He's actually speaking in London at the, the Health Optimization Summit. I know his work and I know his protocols very, very well. When I was first brought, when someone first brought them to me, I kind of went, no way am I going off of, I'm going off piste and doing a different mercury collation protocol. But when I studied it in true biohacker sense, I realized that actually is very good. So I tested it and I found in three months that I would get probably over two years worth of collation in the older way doing by using Quicksilver's protocol. That's, wow. that's the push catch protocol actually. Right. Um, and I, I don't get commissions. I really don't. I just talk about the stuff that works for me and yeah. I love. That's it. So here's, here's the the old way is take a tablet round the, round the clock, alpha-lipoic acid, which increases your blood levels of alpha-lipoic acid, which helps you produce glutathione, which helps you collate mercury, basically. But that only, uh, only approaches the whole bloodstream system. It doesn't touch the digestive system, which can be harsher on the kidneys. Quicksilver's protocol is push uh, and catch the pitters for the liver to, to basically help with bile production, which helps cleanse the liver. The alpha-lipoic acid also collates the mercury from the uh, liver and digestive system as well. And then you catch it with things like charcoal, activated charcoal, or an intestinal cleanse like the silica-based IMD that he has. So that way it, it attacks the gut first and cleanses the gut of metals that would have been constantly topped up from your metal fillings. 
um, and captures it and cleanses it. And people find bloating goes very, very quickly with it, actually. I'm a big fan, very big fan of Chris's cool. work. And I, I actually haven't heard that podcast. I wish I had now. It came out a couple of weeks ago, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're a supporter. And I do get commissions from Quicksilver Scientific. <laughs> so I'll just be forthright about that. I carry mm-hmm. his stuff in my store because his supplements are literally, aside from, you know, qualia and a couple of nootropics, I mean, the Quicksilver stuff is, as far as supplements, is the only stuff I take. And there it is right mm-hmm. there. The, that's business number nine. I travel with it. It's oh, amazing. Oh, that's great. Yeah, his stuff is just so high quality. And I did his, he's got a detox protocol called the Black Box which is the push catch thing that you just described. And it's very effective. When I was talking about his verification of the L. Ron Hubbard protocol, it's not something he Mm. promotes, but he just said, yeah, it actually makes sense and it will work. Mm. But to me, if someone's really toxic and they have, you know, heavy metal poisoning and all the stuff you described, it's like, I would systematically over the course of a couple of years, just do all the detoxes you've ever heard of you know, mm-hmm. and just, you're going to get something. You know, when I did the sauna thing, the uh, niacin sauna protocol, uh, I tested my metals before and after and lead was what I was really after. I did have decent levels of mercury, not off the charts, mm-hmm. but I had a lot of lead, which mm-hmm. hides in your bones, which really sucks. Um, mm. and I did before and after, and, and I did bring my levels of all toxicity that was measurable down considerably after that month or so. And then I did mm. the, the Quicksilver scientific black box either right before, or right after. So a combination of all those probably brought everything down by, you know, an average of maybe 30% or something like that, which is pretty good for just a couple months of, you know, not really changing much lifestyle, just adding some protocol. So mm. that's, um, mm. that's very cool to know. And I, I appreciate your, uh, sharing that because I know when you're on the other side of something, it's like, oh, it's kind of a nostalgic tale of healing. But when you're in it and you can't get off the goddamn train and you can't drive, I mean, these are a lot of listeners of the show are facing these chronic uh, issues and they're still in the thick of it. So mm-hmm. it's good to know there is um, there is a way out. So aside from the um, you know, working on the chelation, what were some of the other things you discovered in that CSI flowchart of, you know, finding the culprits at the root of some of these issues? Well, I mean, I, I think everything always, it was mainly symptom-based, so everything always traced back to mercury. It could be whether or not I'd had antibiotics, which would be further down the chart. Antibiotics, because I was getting infections, because my immune system wasn't working correctly. And then you're like, well, actually, how do I tackle the antibiotic scenario, which is having probiotics added in, or the right ones, which means getting the right tests done to figure that out. I think what like, I went to, I'm not going to name the name of the college or the specialist, but I went to a pretty significant college um, hospital uh, in London and said to him, look, I've got all these digestive pains going on. I've got stabbing pain here. I've been on ciprofloxacin and trimethoprin on and off for three months, no, solidly for three months, sorry you know, should I treat probiotics? He said, there's no proof in that. There's no oh, point. Oh, man. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I went and brought some <laughs> and um, and I tested it. And within a week, it actually had made a good difference. It was only a small, small one, but it had made a difference. And using the crappy yogurt things um, made a difference as well. So, I mean, that was the type of cause and effect. It's like, well, why do I need antibiotics? Well, why isn't my immune system working correctly? Well, what is it that's blocking it? And then, and that was that. So there was many things along the way. Um, 
Is it a sluggish liver? Is it because my liver's not working correctly? Does that mean that my methylation status needs looking at? So I did a genetics test to see my MTHFR variation. Is it um, my body temperature is cold? Is it because I'm low in iodine? So let's do an iodine test and then high dose iodine and all the different things that spiral off as a result. And I've got a list of about 200 different things in total that I have tested and done along the way um, to get to this point. Do you currently have any health issues that are that are sticking around that you're you're unable to uh, fix? Yeah, I guess I have, but different, very different. I mean, I'm I'm going for the one percent now. I'm not going for the twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, or eighty percent increase. Um, everyone has something niggles going on, and I think the more body conscious you become, or aware you are of things that need fixing. You know, where we put our energy is is really what we focus on, obviously. Um, so, for instance, if I now have a headache, instead of just going, oh, I have a headache, let's take an ibuprofen or a pro, pro whatever you call it, um, ibuprofen over in America. Ibuprofen, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, Advil, that's the word I was looking okay, for. Yeah, yeah. Um, instead of going, why have I, like, what? let's just take something. I'm like, well, why have I got a headache? Is it because I'm dehydrated? Have I eaten properly today? Has the water I've had had some crap in it, you know, what What might it be? So headaches I often get um, or did until recently and dental issues have been an ongoing thing because of the amount of mercury I had in my mouth. The most recent thing was uh, I had a root canal tooth taken out, which left hardly any bone left in the jaw and I kept on getting sinus issues and when they, the, the, the standard system in the UK didn't notice anything, so just use cream for your sinuses then when I got checked out elsewhere, they realized that I had necrosis bone, which is dead bone, and a, a big infection in the sinuses. So they cut me open, went through to the sinuses, and then sealed me up and used stem cells on me to help the bone regrow. So that was um, about four or five months ago. So that's been healing. And as things have been healing back up there, um, I've had a few things going on from that. But really, no, I'd like to think, you know, I'm I'm 200 miles an hour again, set with a yeah. lot more knowledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And your life mission has changed uh, considerably from like, I need to make money to be happy to like, how can mm. I help other people in the ways that I've helped myself? We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. One of the coolest things about my job as the host of the Lifestylist podcast is always being on the cutting edge and not only finding out the best products when it comes to health, but the best companies that are making those products. Now, I'm someone that's been into bee products for a really long time. And if you heard episode 175 with Carly Stein, you got to hear me totally geek out on my obsession with bees and bee products. If you haven't heard that one, by the way, go back and check it out. That's 175. But what I didn't know about bee products is A, how many different products bees actually make in a hive, what their different uses are in terms of health support, and also that there are just a lot of companies that are making products that are very inferior. Either they're weak or they're not tested for pesticides and things like that. So the whole like bee product game, I thought I was pretty on top of and I got schooled in that episode and now I'm going back and kind of re-educating myself and I'm using all of the products from Beekeepers Naturals. So they've got a few that I'm really into. There's the propolis, which is kind of like the medicine of the hive. Then you've got, of course, the bee pollen, which is the food, that's the protein. It's actually the highest protein food on the planet. And it's also got free-forming amino acids. So it's great for pre-workout, for muscle recovery. 
And then, of course, the raw honey, which is amazing. And I thought I knew something about honey. It's got live enzymes. You know, if you take a little bit before you go to bed, it helps you sleep. There's some things like that. But it turns out honey is a legit superfood if you get it from the right company. It's full of antioxidants and it's just insanely powerful. Then you've got royal jelly. Now, royal jelly is the chronic stuff. That's the food that's exclusively made for the queen bee. So the queen bee lives about 40 times longer than the average worker bee. So put the math together there and you'll know that royal jelly is some badass stuff. And if you want to try all of these products that the bees make in one, I'm going to recommend Bee Powered by Beekeepers Naturals. That's one of my favorites. Now, honestly, I go through it a little too fast. It comes in a jar and I just like pound that stuff. I probably weigh OD on it. You don't need to do it like I do it. You can savor it and make it last. It's an amazing product and a really great way for you to get an introduction into all of the bee products in one jar. So go to beekeepersnaturals.com, use the code lifestylist and save 15%. That's beekeepersnaturals.com and the code is lifestylist. And now back to the interview. Ah, There's this fine line between you're having a mental health issue, a physical health issue, right? A, a, a spiritual void in, in one's life, et cetera. You find yourself at a, at a bottom. So you start climbing your way out and doing research and working on all this stuff. And if it's a health problem, like you've described uh, some of yours as being, there's a tendency to really go just all in and become obsessed with the research and working on your body and becoming very conscious of every little feeling and nuance and working yourself back to health. And in my own experience and in so many people like you that I've observed, there can be in some cases also a tendency to become overly obsessive, neurotic, controlling, orthorexic, like where everything that you do is like all about supporting your body or your health. And, you know, there is an element of um, fear that comes in. And again, I'm speaking anecdotally here for sure. I check in a hotel. I'm like too much blue light. I change all the light bulbs. I'm turning off the Wi-Fi. I mean, I'm like, I'm hardcore. And, uh, you know, like I said, sometimes I'm flexible with what I eat and then I'm just willing to pay the price. Um, as I told you earlier, you know, I recently crushed, I don't know, eight to 10 pieces of full gluten, non-organic glyphosate, laden pizza and um, it was delicious and it was a great high. And then I was, um, you know, having issues for the next four days or so, and maybe even longer than that of just pain in my body, my joints all hurt and all this stuff. And I was like, what's wrong with me? I need a chiropractor. No, I ate gluten and glyphosate. So I try to give my, you know, I try to give myself some, some, uh, some leeway there. It's difficult for me at times to find the balance between taking care of myself and then also mm. not being too controlling and erotic about it. So in your experience or in your observation of other people that get into biohacking and health, how do we find balance and not be too nuts about it? Very good question. Um, I'm going to, um, I'm going to, I'm going to dive around this a little bit. Um, I, I believe, and I'm, I'm an all in, trust me, a hundred percent, like, then a lot of us in this space are all in or nothing types, especially in biohacking or in pickup or any of these things. Okay. But there is a process that we go through before we wake up woke. Um, we don't realize that we have something going on and we just take another tablet and we carry it on the system until the threshold goes, actually something really needs changing here. Like we wake up and we go, this is causing me more hassle. Now I need to work on it. 
So we then become body conscious, very body conscious. And every single little twitch, every single thing will mean something else. Much bigger picture. But after a while, you then, when you can, your fight or flight comes off and when you do actually go back over a threshold of becoming better again. And this is when you start eating pizza, for instance. You go, actually, I felt a lot better for a longer period of time than I'm used to. I can relax a little bit. And you test it. You you recalibrate. Sometimes it catches you. But other times, you are just okay. And then you know that you can add something back in. So after a period of time of adding things back in or relaxing a little bit, you then aren't so body conscious again until it tips over that threshold. So a slight side tangent is when I was into pickup, um, thank you very much, Neil Strauss, I know he's a friend of yours, but the point is that when I met people on that journey in my previous life, there were people that were all in, 100%, they would obsess over it. And they would get so stuck in the detail and so stuck in that world, they would never come out the other side. But the ones that got into it, learned this stuff, took the meanings from it, and then relaxed were the ones that would flourish and do very well. And I find it's exactly the same in biohacking, exactly the same. So the people that get in, they focus down, they give it all their energy, they do everything they can to really understand this, and then they let go a little bit, but with a set of rules that guide them. And I find people that often obsess and don't let go often, and this is a, a lot of data to go by, probably you know well over 100 people, often they're quite high in metals, in and mercury specifically, funnily enough, when they do become quite obsessive because they are quite focal people and they do go all in and anxiety and hormone issues and all these other things go in line with it. So my answer is, after a while, you chill out and on many things you have chilled out, but other things you haven't. You know, and you'll learn over a period of time where you don't have health issues from doing something that you can add it back in. And then that's about you as a person, not about all the, the media and all the stuff that's publicized out there. Imagine you live next to a 5G tower, for instance, again, and and you were there for two years. You didn't even realize and you went, actually, I've been perfect. There's nothing going on here. For me, perfectly, N equals one. There's nothing wrong with it for me. I'm all right. Well, you would let go a little bit. You know, but when it's like, oh, wow, this is big and scary, don't know what it does to us, we can't. So that's the point of letting go. And I think that, you know, sometimes it's a coping mechanism for us to focus, get our head down and not let anything else bother us. That means that we can learn this stuff. That means that we can then progress. But if we don't, we might take it too lightly and not do anything about it. That's my answer to that. But it's important. Oh, that's question. great. That's that's really, really well stated and good to hear. And I think so many of the listeners will appreciate that perspective because it is sometimes difficult to find a balance. It's like, you know, I always go back to the to the matrix. It's just such a great metaphor for so many types of awakenings, right? And I think once someone's red-pilled and they realize, wow, there's mercury in my mouth, that's why I'm sick. There's mercury in vaccines. That's why my kid's sick, et cetera. Um, that it's difficult to go back to sleep and just pretend like you didn't know that. Like once you know, you know, and you can't unknow. So then it's a matter of how do you still operate in the world and go enjoy a vacation in Spain like you are without freaking out because there's probably EMFs in the environment or something like that. You know, it's like, uh, it's, I think, a really good map that you just gave is that you need that intensity, that obsession and that focus in the beginning. And then over time, you can kind of learn to relax and live your life. And then when you hit the edges or the parameter of, you know, the the confines of what makes you feel good and what doesn't, then you kind of learn as you go. And there are certain non-negotiables. 
And there are certain things you can bend on here and there. Like, I think for me, I could probably bend on seeing a blue light every once in a while after dark. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, that's something I'm very disciplined about. But then there's like the dog got sick last night and I had to turn on a flashlight. And it's just like, I felt myself get in fear about oh blue light. And I was like, oh, the fear is worse than just turning on the stupid flashlight for 10 minutes. Like, it's not, it's okay, Luke. You know, I'm kind of talking to myself, so... That's no, that's really, really important point. Exactly right. What you said is like, actually, what is the impact of this blue light on my eyes for two seconds? Sure, it might shut down melatonin, but what would that do for my sleep? And what would that do for my day tomorrow? Probably not a lot. Okay, let go of it, mate, and move on. Just to round off on that last point was, imagine if we didn't get that obsessive at the beginning, and we just were relaxed, and we didn't even read one single article, would we ever fix anything? No. Right. That what? Right. See? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's that's kind of the middle ground there where you have awareness, but you don't live in fear. I think that's the sweet spot if we can find that where, okay, so maybe my environment's not ideal. What I'm eating today is not ideal. But the fear and the anxiety about it is probably worse for me. <laughs> the Being adrenalized, right? Having just adrenaline and cortisol. Oh my God, I'm I'm getting hurt. I'm I'm hurt. I fear, fear, fear. That's probably worse for you than just going, you know what? I'm gonna have the MSG and my Thai food today because it's delicious or whatever, you know? Although that yeah, would pro- yeah. that would probably be a non-negotiable for me. But I'm trying to think of something <laughs> that, you know, you're knowingly going, this is really bad, but I'm gonna do it anyway because it feels good. So what do you what what then would your definition of biohacking be at this point? It's a, it's it's the hot buzzword that you know Dave Asprey made made popular years ago. Uh, we used to be just called health nuts when I got into this stuff twenty plus years ago. You only shopped at the health food store. You did colonics, herbalism, make your own kombucha, do infrared saunas, um, enemas, all the stuff that was kind of big in the 90s going into the 2000s. And then as the technology advanced and functional medicine advanced, we now have this kind of worldwide trend, which is awesome, an awesome Mm. trend and phenomenon Mm. called biohacking. What does that term mean to you in your own life and where do you see it going moving forward? Amazing question. Biohacking is a very cool word. Um, and for a certain mindset or set of industries, it means a lot. Hacking, obviously, like computer hacking um, is the mindset of techie, which brings that type of audience in bio, obviously biology. Um, I think the, the bigger meaning is can be taken several ways. And there are people that are into transhumanism, which are chipping plants and things like that and becoming a cyborg. Not my thing. <laughs> Not my thing. But there's also the mindset of health optimization. I, I am in it to optimize my health or others around me. And I think one of the key takeaways from everything that we do, and I, I, I really enjoy this line, is we are mimicking a natural environment in an unnatural world by doing any of these things that we're doing. Like, for instance, blue light. So sad light, for instance, in the morning to reset your circadian rhythm is mimicking a sunrise. Or red light is mimicking sunset in the afternoon for healing or um, blue blocking glasses to stop technology blue lights so that you don't stop start so that you produce your own melatonin. A hyperbaric oxygen therapy, clean air at certain amounts so that you saturate your cells with oxygen. Um, grounding, um, come on, I don't even need to go into that one. 
Um, all of these different things, mineral water should have minerals on it in it so that we hydrated. And now we're just buying, we're drinking tap water that's dead water. You know, every single thing to do with biohacking, whether it be an NAD injection um, to help speed up um, processes to help your mitochondria or whether it's um, going on a sunbed to give us a tan. These things can be classed as a biohack if it is working towards health optimization, in my opinion. So it's using the technologies from the world today to mimic a natural environment in an unnatural world. Blackout blinds, another example, you know, the barefoot shoes, another one. The list goes on, like try and break that. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's, I think I didn't even realize that you had the exact same mirrored perspective as me, but I think in in my world, it's very similar. I see how disconnected we've become from our natural life way as a species, mm-hmm. as human apes. Um, I've learned so much from my friend, friend Daniel Vitalis, who's talked a lot about for many years our domestication. And at the mm-hmm. beginning of agriculture, so began the the fall of man, truly. And now we're just cascading into the depths of hell in terms of, you know, our disconnection from one another and the human connection and that the power of, of, of love and just human touch and community and all of those things that many of us are disconnected uh, from now and also our environment and all the things you just mentioned. And so it's like you have, because our environment and our life way is so unnatural now, I think with biohacking, you, you have to swing the pendulum to the other extreme and do all of these other practices that wouldn't mm-hmm. be necessary if your gene pool wasn't completely wrecked from the past mm-hmm. five or six generations or, or going even way further than that, right? So it's like people talk about the benefits of a paleo diet. That's great. Well, what about a paleo life, a paleo house, a paleo car, a paleo office, paleo mm-hmm. air, paleo water? Paleolithic, right? So going back pre-agricultural revolution and of course industrial revolution. Or you could call those revolutions almost de-evolutions actually more accurately. So we have to do all these extreme things just to be at the baseline of almost normal or almost living as a natural human would live. You know, incorporating movement into your life. Like we have gyms because we don't have to build a freaking mud hut anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like high intensity training is a classic one. Running after an animal to kill it so you can eat today. I, 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 the funniest one is I, I was sitting down with um, a couple of friends of mine discussing, and I was like, "Why do we need to take so many probiotics? Why do we need to eat kefir and all this stuff? We shouldn't be tipping all this stuff down our throats, but we need to. Why? Because we would have picked vegetables and left them in the side of our cave for a few days, or we would have killed some an animal and it would have rotted for a few days, and our gut bacteria would." would love it as a result. It would flourish. Now we're having food that's in a sterile fridge. You know, this is why we need to do it. And it, it it's always comes back to this. So it's, I mean, I noticed all the pictures, notice all the pictures you share on Instagram all the times of these uh, amazing houses in the middle of nowhere. One I remember was in a cave uh, <laughs> like with a glass ceiling. And it's just like, this is amazing. And it's like, but when we're in a city like London or LA or wherever, and there's EMFs and tow- cell towers everywhere and whatnot, using a Faraday cage is a biohack because it's it's mimicking nature <laughs> again using technology. So I mean, it just comes back to this every single time, every single time. Um, you know, uh, Wim Hof method, jumping in a cold pool, was because we didn't have hot showers to wash in every morning. <laughs> you know, right. this is where it should be. 
Right. Why do we love being on the beach on, you know, in the sun? It's we're grounding out. You know, it's like people go, I just relax when I'm when I'm on the beach and I just feel so good. Okay, do it more. Number one. Number two, why? Because it's good for you. You know, this is there's there's science behind all of it, and yet we're called, you know, we're all a bit crazy for doing this stuff except for where it's exactly quantified. <laughs> Did you uh, use hyperbaric oxygen as part of your uh, mercury chelation or journey back to health? I know that you at one point had a clinic in the UK doing that. It's something I've not really covered on the show, but I've experimented with a bit over the years. What's your take on that uh, therapy currently? Um, I love it. I really do. Um, but it comes to the point where your body is saturated and I don't think we need to use it ongoing. If you're breathing properly, if you're practicing breathing techniques and you're mindful of how you breathe, um, then you don't need it. But at some point, you know, for instance, if you're, let's put it this way, if you've got zero oxygen in you, you got to get something in you quickly. Okay. Now imagine you're starved of it by 20% for whatever reason, you know, posture, posture issues or lung capacity or whatever. You want to get it back into you quickly. So hyperbaric does that. And for a lot of sick people, it works very well. Um, I mean, it's, it's very well documented with diabetic foot wounds because it helps the body heal where it couldn't get oxygen, blood flow to the area. Um, and it's it's documented for very a lot of good things. Um, so it's good to top your body up or get shit done very quickly. But really, it's about having being mindful of your breathing. It's about having the right life in the right environment and making changes, not always relying on technology. I think it is good for, you know, I used it for two years, <laughs> um, you know, from once a week to in some cases, seven times a week, especially after I had an operation and I needed to heal quickly. I did. I healed from a three month wound in three weeks using that and red light. So I, you know, I, I, I love it. I really do. But after a while, you're, you don't need more. <laughs> you just need to be mindful of things. What about the different types of chambers? You know, a lot of at these health conferences, you'll see those those vinyl inflatable tubes, which mm-hmm. I never liked just because I don't like breathing in vinyl vapor. Vinyl is one of the again, one of the most toxic substances on the planet. You don't want to have vinyl in your life if you if possible. Uh, but then I've heard from experts in the oxygen world that those little blow up ones aren't very effective and that you need like a proper chamber that's, you know, metal and glass and is highly pressurized. What's the difference between the different oxygen chambers? Well, I'm curious. I'm a big fan of it. And I think people like Dom Diagostino and his work with the ketogenic diet and hyperbaric mimicking the two, or bringing the two together, sorry, have has been incredible. I've always been in the mindset that the vinyl ones are body bags. And I think they're horrible, but there is a new generation of them coming out now, definitely. And I think they're much more affordable to have at home if you need them. I prefer the hard chambers myself, personally, and that's what I brought for the clinic. They go to uh, up to 288 atmospheric pressures, uh, whereas the the bag versions, <laughs> the body bag versions go to 1.2 or 1.3. Um, certain things change at the higher pressures, but I think for most part, when it's just for biohacking, 1.3 is enough um, to get to get shit done. The harder mono place chambers are definitely my preference if I could have the choice for one at home. However, we actually have a, a hyperbaric company coming to the summit in London in September. Um, some very nice new generation ones, actually. Oh, great! I'll be hopping in that immediately because <laughs> that's the, that's one of it's my gonna, it, that's one of my. It's favorite. gonna be a queue. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. Dude, give me VIP access. Come on. 
But uh, oxygen uh, chambers are one of my favorite biohacks for travel. Like if possible, the minute I get off a plane, I go jump in one and go get a vitamin IV, preferably do the IV, then the oxygen chamber. And it's like you're a new person afterwards. Amazing. You've talked to me about something called um, proteolytic enzymes before. I'm just going to throw out some random shit here that I've been wanting to ask you about. What are those and what? why'd you do that? Well, for me, this is beautiful, nicely brought in there because um, proteolytic enzymes, well, mercury stops certain enzymatic reactions from happening. So it's theory-based for me, but it, on, my, on my chart, <laughs> it was I'm not breaking things down. Like I've always been deficient in certain amino acids, like as far back as I've been testing myself, and I could never figure out why. So when I went for IV therapy and had certain uh, amino acids, I, my, I would have such mental clarity and such good energy and I could never figure out why. And it wasn't until recently um, I read something about a cyst being broken down by a proteolytic enzyme and they said about a podcast that Dave did uh, on the Bulletproof Radio about proteolytic enzymes. So I had to listen to it and then I started exploring. I realized that there's something called proteolytic enzymes, which are systemic enzymes that break proteins down, first of all down into peptides and then down into uh, amino acids. Now, amino acids are fundamental building blocks for our body, and without them, we don't repair. Um, they make pretty much every process happen. Now, if we have uh, pancreas problems, or if we don't chew our food properly, or if we're eating processed food low in enzymes, or one of many other things, having mercury fillings, for instance, amalgam fillings rather, then we won't be having the right enzymes to break down the food that we are eating, the protein, into the amino acids. So therefore, our body won't heal properly. So by adding in proteolytic enzymes, can I say that word many more times, I found very, very quickly, and I started on one a day on an empty stomach, two, four, five, ten, twice a day, and then added it in with food as well, that my mental clarity is incredible, as good as I got from having hyperbaric oxygen therapy and as good as being on the ketogenic diet, telling me that my body was being fueled like it hadn't been for a long time. My um, healing went like if I cut myself, that sped up significantly. And I've recently read uh, for an Instagram post that I'm working on, actually, and I've been researching it in more, much deeper levels. But I've heard that because of the enzymes, it's actually people that have gone gray are actually deficient in certain enzymes. So it can actually help reverse grade hair. So proteolytic enzymes when taken systemically on an empty stomach means that it goes to work in all the nooks and the crannies systemically throughout your body. But if you take them with food, it breaks down the food that you've got in your gut. So taking them on an empty stomach is absolutely key uh, to the whole process. So yeah, they are they are amazing. I don't need to hydrate as much. I'm getting the minerals and nutrients from my food better. My mental clarity is up. My energy is up. And I, I truly feel the best I have ever felt now, ever since adding these in. And I've gone mega dose and tapering it back down again. Really? And do you have a brand that you would recommend so that we don't waste our time on Amazon buying uh, some rice powder or something? Yeah, there's well, there's one um, by Doctors Best on Amazon, um, which has a slightly different range of enzymes in it. But there's also bio optimizers as well. 
Now, I heard about those on the Bulletproof Radio and um, have tested several different ones. And I find that the bio-optimizers ones, I, I carry them with me when traveling. Oh, <laughs> this they, isn't a plug. Dude, I take those all the time, but I, they sent me some, but I take them with food because I'm like, mm. I never thought of doing it systemically in an empty stomach. Yeah, yeah, okay. they're, they're, they're great. They're great. Um, so, yeah, so um, Masszymes, they're called. They also do a, a probiotic as well, which you can take at the same time, um, which actually is a non-colonizing bacteria that helps push out bad bacteria as well. So I find that if you're breaking down... Pro- okay, just take it one step back. Cool, this around, is great. Around a, pro- a bacteria or a virus sits a protein. So biofilms have proteins. Bacteria oh. have proteins around them. There is a specific name, and I can't remember the exact word, and I'll tell you because I've got it on my screen right here. Um, buh, 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 buh. Where are we? I'll come back to that in a minute. So basically, proteins are around bacteria and viruses, and when you take proteolytic enzymes, they break down proteins. So therefore, they are then exposed for your immune system to deal with. So it's really good for immune systems, apparently. It's very good for many, many things. This is, for me, in terms of the chart of mercury, which is why I got excited when you asked me about them, is because, sure, mercury may be the cause, but why is it causing deficiencies? And why, uh, what is it stopping? And enzyme, enzymatic reactions are one of those things. So you can almost bypass collating mercury for partly, in my opinion, by having the enzymes. And then you can deal with the mercury, which means you can then remove the enzymes later. Wow, that's super cool. I'm glad you got, I'm glad you got me stoked on something I'm already taking, but maybe not in the optimal way. But I like their products, the bio-optimizers, those probiotics you spoke of are awesome too. Anytime my mm. digestion is wrecked because I've cheated and thought I could get away with it, uh, that brings me back into balance pretty fast. So that's cool. I, I, I'm gonna If I don't have those on my site, I think I'm going to put them on there because it's hard to find good probiotics that actually work. And also there's so many different types and brands of enzymes. I'm always like, I don't know which ones actually do it. So that's, that's very cool. I recently started taking a probiotic uh, by Just Thrive, which is a mm-hmm. spore-based probiotic that has been transformational in terms of my gut health. Amazing stuff. So um, really good to know. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. Would you like me to save you some serious cash right now? Listen up. You're probably wasting tons of money on vitamins, herbs, supplements, maybe even prescription drugs, trying to improve your sleep, your sense of well-being, happiness, your energy levels. And I'm here to tell you, all you really need to do is probably just get solid REM and deep sleep. Not enough hours per se, but enough of the right types of sleep. And I can also tell you, based on my research and interviews with over 200 experts on this here podcast over the past few years, that if you are not blocking blue light from your life at night, you are not producing enough melatonin to give you the type of sleep that you really need. Enter the company, one of my favorite sponsors, Blue Blocks. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X, blueblocks.com. Makes some not only attractive and pretty cool looking glasses of the prescription, non-prescription, and even reading glass nature, but you can also get 15% off on their website by entering the code LIFESTYLIST. So their glasses look cool, but they really work to cut out the blue and green spectrum of light that trashes your melatonin, 
hormones, and neurotransmitters. So if you want to be healthy, listen, stop ordering a couple of those supplements and just work on your lighting. This is really, really important. And I'm very enthusiastic about this because after changing all the lighting in my house to old style incandescent bulbs and wearing protective uh, glasses like this at night when I go out or watch TV or work on a computer, whatever the case may be, um, my health has improved dramatically and so has my energy and my mood. It's serious stuff and it's very affordable and much cheaper than some of the other interventions that you're probably trying right now or some of the medical interventions that are likely to be necessary later on. So go to blueblocks.com, enter the code lifestylist to save 15%. And now back to the interview. When you were talking about the amino acids, you know, I always figure, well, I eat enough meat and I take like, I take the, um, you know, the, the collagen powder, I take the, um, the gelatin powder, I throw them in my coffee and smoothies and stuff. So, you know, they have, mm-hmm. they have the, the amino acids um, in my very like rudimentary understanding of why they're necessary. I didn't understand that they were related to mental clarity, which is really good to know. How might someone who is plant-based or vegan get amino acids in the proper doses and the the profile that's necessary to stay healthy like that? Is that even possible or would they have to supplement? Yeah, well, um, this is a great question. Again, uh, whey protein is a more complete protein uh, because of the amino acids that it's made up of in the in the ratios that it's made up of. And so obviously a protein is a set of amino acids um, in, in, let's say, 21 is, is correct, I believe. So pea protein has 18. I think hemp protein has 17 amino acids. So they're not complete proteins. You can actually stack them so that you have a full, well-rounded uh, amino acid profile within the proteins that you're eating. The thing is, it's about the ratios. So whey protein is good. It works for a reason, but some people are obviously lactose intolerance. Well, actually, the mastzymes actually have the right enzymes in it to break down the dairy so that you don't get the farts. And, <laughs> Dude, uh, <laughs> last night I had some organic dairy ice cream and I took a handful of those enzymes and I, I did pretty well. Pretty well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, it would destroy that <laughs> opposed to you destroying the room. Um, so yeah, um, I mean, this is so you can you can stack vegetable based proteins definitely, but you looking at the ratios of the amino acids can be quite tough. But the thing is, if you haven't got the right enzymes in the first place, you're not going to break all the the proteins down into amino acids in the first place. So I mean, adding in the enzymes on an empty stomach means that it goes around and clears up everything in the system, and then adding them in with the food as well means that you're breaking down the food as well. So therefore. You haven't got anything lingering around and you're breaking stuff down, fueling your cells on the, you know, any deficiency you may have. I found it to be excellent. I really have. Um, the, there's one brand that I use, uh, the only brand I use at the moment for green protein, and that's by New Zest because it's so clean and um, well-sourced. That's the only one that I can recommend, the only one that I've actually tested. I know there's many other good ones out there, though. Hey, have you ever heard of this uh, enzyme called serapeptase? I think it's made mm-hmm. by a yeah, yeah. silkworm yeah. or something like that. Have you ever yeah, yeah. experimented with that? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's in the doctor's best um, yeah. prostatic yep. enzyme that I mentioned. No, so that, uh, from memory, it's the very bottom one on the label as well. Uh, it's the one that when I spoke to Mass Science the other week, it's actually missing from this. Uh, when I spoke to them, because they've got... Um, They've got Amazyme in here, which is a 
proprietary blend, which they don't list what enzyme it is, it might have serapeptase in it. Who knows? I've actually asked them to find out and tell me, and if not, add it in. Uh, so right. Because yeah. I, I was experimenting years ago uh, with serapeptase to rid myself of scar tissue based on some research. Mm-hmm. And the best way that I found to administer it was actually doing uh, rectal implants of it. So I'd like stir stir up a big, a big, uh, well, not a big, but stir up like a glass of water with a bunch of the serapeptase. It's really expensive though. I'd empty out, you know, 20 of those serapeptase capsules. And then, you know, I don't want to go into the gory details, but found a way to, uh, in a sterile, not too disgusting way, get it inside of the other end. Um, The idea there that you have mucous membrane, anything you take rectally is, doesn't have to go through your digestive system. And the idea there with some enzymes, uh, and I'd like to do more research on this. It's just one of the fads that I caught on for a while and did. Um, one of the less fun ones, clearly. But um, the idea there is when you take enzymes in through your digestive tract, especially the serapeptase, which is, I think, susceptible to the stomach acids and won't make it into your mm. bloodstream where it th- can then go work on the scar mm. tissue as you take it rectally because you absorb it right away. Um, much like mm-hmm. Fleetwood Mac used to do with cocaine back in the seventies, from what I understand, <laughs> so, and I'm sure many other many other people. But uh, I digress. So anyway, cool, good stuff on enzymes. You just reminded me. I want to get that guy on the show from uh, Biooptimizers. Uh, brilliant mm-hmm. guy whose name I don't remember at the moment, but I, I want to definitely cover their products and that whole thing. Now let's let's do a piece before we wrap up here on um, nootropics and something you turned me on to called. Proscriptions, which I'm assuming mm. is a mashup of prescriptions and nootropics, or, or something mm. like that. Like, what can it's, we do to on, what can we do to get super super smart? That's like cutting edge and badass. The proscriptions comes from the word trochee, which is something you put in your mouth to dissolve, and scriptions implying that it's you know of good strength um, and quality. The one that we're having has got methylene blue in it, which is one of the first uh, pharmaceuticals um, ever made, actually. And it works on uh, basically transporting oxygen around the body better. It works as a nootropic. It also makes your tongue really fucking blue. So it's it's quite quite a good viral effect to it. The the ones that we had particularly in, um, they have a small amount of CBD in it. They have some nicotine, some caffeine and some methylene blue. So it's all low dose nootropics with CBD to take the buffer off. So you don't get jitters because they're different different uh, nootropics or different stimulants so you don't feel buzzy from it it's very very good i find good mental clarity from it there's a good viral effect on it as well because uh, because it looks fun having a blue tongue uh, and yeah they'll be out soon but on instagram they're under proscriptions ben greenfield did a podcast a few months ago um with the guy that was behind the formulation of it his name's dr ted akikoso um he's a very very smart guy i think he's got 210 iq um, and he's, uh, he's, he's definitely up there. One of, one of four or five people on the planet, but that's sort of like, is he uh, going to be at the optimization health optimization summit? Sadly, he won't, um, ah, okay. but a very, a very good friend of mine and who is a mentee of his is Dr. Scott share, uh, from, from San Fran. Oh, he, cool. He's going to be there. Yeah, he'd be speaking on hyperbaric and metabolomics, i.e. intercellular testing, which is part of the future of biohacking, in my opinion. Oh, that's awesome. I want to interview him. Yeah, that's great. And he's also, uh, does Scott have not have something to do with these, these methylene blue things too? 
Or is that a different? Uh, yeah, I make... uh, yeah, yes. I think I think he knows them quite well. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Okay, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm always trying to connect the dots because I meet so many people that do so many things. I'm like, wait, was it that guy that did the thing anyway? And so this um, Troscriptions, though they have a uh, they have an Instagram account. Are are they for sale publicly now? These things? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. No, um, they've been they've been working out the packaging, the branding, Got this, it. that, and the other. They, they've reached out to a few people in this space, uh, generally influencers or or whatnot, and now they they kind of got the word on the street and everyone's loving them. Yeah, I will. You gave me a few, every time I see you, I'll, you know, and I feel bad. I'm like, can I get some more of those? And you're so generous. You always give me like half your pack. I'm like, dude, I, I one or two. And you're like, no, take them. And then I burn through them in like two days. But these, these little methylene blue things are freaking amazing. I can't wait till they come out. And um, personal heads up here, uh, if you want to give them my information, if I qualify as an influencer, I'd love to work with them and help spread the word and get my hands on some of those damn things. <laughs> All right. So let's move into uh, what's happening coming up here for the Health Optimization Summit. You've done something super cool. I am shamelessly going to promote this event because I'm super, super stoked about I mean, even if I was just going as someone in the audience, I would be pumped and wanting to talk about it. But the fact that I'm participating, I'm really excited and grateful that I'm having that opportunity. But I think what's really interesting about it is you've worked with Bulletproof Upgrade Labs, who are these behemoth, obviously, in the health space, and then also Paleo Effects, which is another massive company and event um, in Austin, Texas. And those two worlds have not really collided. I think there's crossover in terms of the audience and some of the speakers. But it's it, as far as I've seen going to health conferences for all of these years, you know, I've never seen like two giant, you know, um, influential companies like that come together in union. And somehow you've managed to kind of create this global summit uh, called the Health Optimization Summit. So how did that come to be? Uh, what's different about this event? How does it compare to other things in, in Europe or that have happened in the UK, America, et cetera? Give me like the whole spiel on this thing. Biohacking is a cool term. I love it. Uh, I consider myself a biohacker, but unless you understand what it means, it means nothing. And I remember one day and I said to my mum, you know, I've created a meetup group in London, mum, and there's 500 biohackers in it. And she said, what's the biohacker, Timothy, darling? And I was like, it's someone that optimizes their health using data and technology and the newest stuff out there and blah, blah, blah. And I just like, oh my God. And then I met with um, the guy that, that runs Kinton Hydration uh, brand, and um, and I said, oh, you should come along to a biohacker London meetup. And he said, what's biohacker? And I explained it to him. And he said, if only I knew that. He said, that, oh, like, that would be really interesting. I said, yeah, there's a biohacking conference. There's this, there's that, the other. He said, oh, my God, I wish I knew. It's like, okay, this has to change. Like, i got to change this. So I listened to everyone I spoke to, made a note of all the different words that popped up, and health and optimization always came up, and it's the goal-focused word. So really, health optimization is to bring awareness to being able to optimize your health using data, science, technology, and bringing in health, fitness, medical, wellness, nutrition, biohacking, paleo, keto, all of the different mindsets, including the vegans, into one place for the first time ever and say, look, we're all really smart people why can't we use our heads together to fuel health? You know, veganism might be right for someone right now for a period of time, or keto might be for a period of time. And like having these people actually talking through can actually fuel better health. You know, if my mum gets ill, I want to know how to fix it. Well, there's millions of people out there like me that just don't 
that aren't in this space. They don't have access to that. So I wanted a summit that brings all of these people and these things together for the first time ever. So I've been calling in favors around the world saying that I really want you on board. Please, 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 please come and share your information. The content's been really well curated. Uh, so I've looked at the fundamentals, which is kind of like hydration and sleep and oral and dental, uh, oxygen breathing, sunlight, grounding. Even we've started looking into the peptide side of things and the mercury chelation side of things and everything together to a curated event with only the best speakers, the most well-known speakers, the most up-to-date advancements so that everyone can come together and build a community of people that are like like getting to know you, Luke, has been amazing because you're such an amazing guy. And as you come across on the podcast that I've listened to so, for so many times in the past, you are really, truly this guy. And this industry is full of people that are wanting to share this knowledge and help people be healthier. And that's really why I wanted to do is build a community and a summit and then centralize it in Europe to conquer it once and for all to say, look, let's fuel change. That is everything. That's awesome. And I've noticed because I keep my eyes on these type of conferences and stuff that I, I still don't know if you call the UK part of Europe. I just still don't consider the UK Europe, but let me just do that for the moment. To me, there's like UK and then there's Europe, right? But anyway, that's a whole political uh, conversation perhaps. But I've noticed on that side of the pond, let's just say, you know, there's the Helsinki biohacking conference. There was one in Stockholm. There's been, you know, a couple little kind of subcultures, but you don't really have like, as far as I can tell, the big health conferences over there like we do here, such as Bulletproof or one that I went to for many years uh, that David Wolf was part of called uh, the Longevity Now Conference. I mean, there's, you know, two, 3,000 people in there a few times a year. These are huge conferences. They're very well attended. And I haven't really seen that happening much over there. Am I, am I just not in the loop or is this like what you're doing a bit groundbreaking in terms of bringing all these worlds together and it not being mm -hmm. in the United States? But uh, a bit of both. Uh, there are there is the Biohacker Summit guys from Helsinki, um, and they've done very very well. Very quantified um, biohacking. There is fitness. There is nutrition. There's all these paleo and keto and all the different conferences. But they're all disjointed. You have to research and know which one to go to. I wanted to bring them all together and say, look, it's very similar theme. Very very intelligent people, and let's bring the smartest minds and the biggest names from each of those together. So Europe's never had it like this, but either has America other than Bulletproof. Paleo is a branch of biohacking, in my opinion, but it's a mindset as well. And I think the reason why I, I asked to partner with Paleo FX and with Upgrade Labs as well is because I felt like these two worlds needed to come together and I didn't want to be biased towards one brand. I wanted everyone to know that, hey, that we're out there to, to, to make a change. Um, so yeah, no, it's never been done like this. That's cool. Yeah, I think it's it's really healthy just in general too in terms of community because for some reason and I've I've looked at this it's it's just I guess part of the human psyche or the human ego uh where we're we feel security in tribalism and having a particular point of view that we hold and are attached to and then we uh, tend to migrate into a group that holds that same view and then it's an us against them 
dynamic, right? And so you have people that are plant-based or vegan and they're against everyone that eats bacon. And then you have all the paleo people that live on bacon that think it's stupid to be a vegan because you're deficient in all the nutrients, et cetera. And then you have like the bodybuilding side of fitness. And then you have the functional movement side of fitness that doesn't like the bodybuilding side, you know, and it, it just goes on and on and on. And I, I think that we all do really have a lot to learn from one another. And I've had people obviously from all walks of life and all different belief systems on the show in terms of lifestyle and diet recommendations. And I think there's value in each perspective for the most part, at least as you said, at a, at a different time in your life. So I just want to give you props for, it's it's like you're the UN of, um, you know, the UN of, of health kind of now, I think is what you're building. And it, it'll be really fun perhaps even, and you, you might've already thought of this. So um, forgive me for being presumptuous and thinking that I have a new idea, but I would like to see personally some of these people like in a panel where you have someone that's says, you know, eating animals gives you cancer. And then you have someone who's like the carnivore diet saying, no, it cures cancer. And like, let's have a, an adult friendly uh, conversation about some of these ideas, because I find um, many of the things that I come across in the terms of in terms of the health world are contradictory and both sides sound really, really valid to me. You know, my friend mm -hmm. Matt Blackburn out here is like a big proponent of not fasting. He's gone through all these different iterations of his lifestyle choices and what he eats. But a lot of the ideas he has are in direct contradiction to say someone like Jack Cruz, who when you hear him speak, he's mm -hmm. so confident. You're just like, God, he must be right. But then there's other points of mm -hmm. view that are seemingly well-researched that totally contradict that. And so... Mm -hmm. I always, I've always, i kind of wanted to do podcasts where I have two people on a show that have opposing ideas and be like, you guys, show me the data, show me the science, show me why you believe what you believe. And when this guy over here says oh. your point of view is invalid, let's talk about why. And I haven't had the oh. opportunity oh. to do that yet. But I think with what you're doing is, is really exciting because I think people are going to be spiritually conscious enough and mentally healthy enough to be able to have those conversations without making it be a real bummer. Oh. And we can actually have some fun with it and be open-minded enough to consider others' points of view. Do you have any uh, plans or thoughts on like kind of putting opposing ideas together and seeing yep. you know who comes out? Uh, well, I want to say on top because it's not a win-lose, but are we going to see any of that kind of dynamic, or are there just going to be single yeah, speakers? Yeah. No, no, it, it's going to be a mix of both. Actually, I mean, I think just to go back is like, what if we're wrong? This is the thing. This is why people stick to their viewpoint. What if I'm wrong? Like, for instance, you go to a doctor and say, what's wrong with me? And he goes, well, it's this. It's like, but what we're learning now is contradictory to what you've done your whole life. He can't go, yes, okay, I've been harming people for the last 20 years. Right. You know, what if we're wrong? Oh, my God. You know, and it's the same with the vegans or the ketos or whatever. It's like, what if we're wrong? No, this thing that we're holding on to that's going to be the magic bullet for our health. Oh, what if we're wrong? No, everything falls apart. So. Yesterday, I read an article that was around about Jeff Bezos, and he was spoke at a Google um, closed door thing, and they said, what do you consider to be the smartest person? And he said, the person that knows he's wrong always ends up as he's right. So he goes, someone will say, I'm always open to being wrong. So therefore, they, they go, this is what I think. Prove me wrong, prove me wrong, prove me wrong, prove me wrong, prove me wrong. Now I'm right. And the people that are most often right are the people that are most often wrong. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant, man. Right? That's so, brilliant. And I was like, that's what this space is. This is what it's doing. It's like, well, hang on a minute. I'm open to, like, I stand corrected. Please tell me if I'm wrong because I'm open to it. Because if you have a thought 
i.e. you believe veganism is correct. You don't, I know, but stay for a second. And I believe keto is correct. Well, it just means that I've had information in my ears that have told me that keto is correct. And you've heard information that tells you veganism is correct. Now, put us in the other places when we're hearing this information. Does that not make me a vegan and you're a keto? Like, does that not mean that it's just the information we'd be subjected to has given us this, that opinion and therefore we formed a bias on information that's gone into our mind opposed to going, hang on a minute, what if? Therefore, opposing views are so important because if I listen to what you're saying and take it on board and apply it to mine, I'm twice as strong. I'm twice as able to fix my health. And this is the whole, like, this is the thing behind it. Be out there, hear this information, use it, abuse it, believe it, don't believe it, do what you like with it. But the point is, if it opens your eyes to a different view, you can bear it in mind. But if we don't do that, you can't. And that's exactly what this is all about. Whether there is a panel or not a panel, this is what I'm aiming. That's awesome, man. I wish... Um people in politics and media could take that same point of view, <laughs> especially now, man, in these, in these big tech companies with the, you know, like um, there's a big sort of social phenomenon I've observed in the past couple of years where there's been increasing censorship of opposing views, right? So like mm-hmm. in big tech, if views oppose the general culture of the companies that are producing and, uh, and selling technology that, those people are now silenced. It's really unhealthy for culture in general, you know, speaking more globally. So at least this is a beginning because it, you know, where that ends up, as we know, is not good if you look at history. But um, I like what you're doing, at least in the microcosm of people that are looking to optimize their health. We can all be adult enough to sit down and and have an open mind. As you said, it's a great way of putting it where if we have erroneous beliefs or information we've picked up, the open mind is an open door that allows those old ideas to be discarded if they are proven to be invalid at some point or just not mm. useful at our point in the journey and then to allow mm. new information in. I think that is the absolute key to having a healthy mind and to be emotionally emotionally intelligent also. It's just like, mm. it's nice to be around people that have that type of mindset that are malleable and teachable and flexible and have some modicum of humility where they can admit like, oh yeah, I used to believe this thing strongly and I found out I was wrong and I'll, I'm ready to admit it right now, which for mm-hmm. me was eating like, for me was eating a, a vegetarian diet for 10 years. I eventually, you know, I was, I wouldn't say an advocate, but I was definitely supportive of other people following the path I was until my health failed. And then mm-hmm. I had to go, huh, God, maybe I had this wrong and I really do need bacon or whatever, you know. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Thank God I finally got to that point. Um, so anyway, dude, I've learned a lot from you today. Thank you for your time. Uh, really great to see you again. Uh, you know, I always kind of dread having to do remote interviews, but you've actually made it fun, even though I'm staring at my computer screen. So thank you for that. Who have been three teachers or teachings that have influenced your work and your life that our listeners might be able to go look up and also learn from? I would say... Uh, the Mercury Diaries um, is a great book by Danny Forsyth. Um, look that up on Amazon. It's a great book. It's a great entryway into a lot of these things without the label of biohacking. And it tells you about a really great journey. I think I've got to thank Dave Asprey because he did bring this mainstream, which is what I'm trying to do further with the health optimization label, because without him, I wouldn't have found Bulletproof Coffee, which made me realize that I could switch my brain on having a high fat diet, which got me into the ketogenic diet, etc. So I've really, you know, I really think that Dave Asprey and what he's, what he's done. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got my baseball cap here as well. 
I've been quite the, bull, it, quite the bulletproof cheerleader now for a few years. But honestly, yeah. the same thing happened for me when I got on the Bulletproof Coffee. I mean, it sounds like such a commercial and I actually, I don't even think I have an affiliate with them at this point because it was so complicated to do so. But when I just started drinking a fatty coffee in the morning, it, it changed my life. It's crazy. Just becoming fat adapted was mm. such um, a big needle mover for me. Okay, so that's two. Who's your third one? I would have to say Jack Cruz. Actually, and again, taking on board some of the things he's brought to light and helped me to research further. I'm very, very thankful to him and his work. And I know you're a big advocate of Jack's work. Um, and I, on a side note to that, is Matt Maruka, the All Millennial Edition podcast, which I <laughs> yeah. constantly say is the best episode of podcast I have ever listened to, and I've listened to an awful lot. Um, I, I implore anyone listening to this to listen to that three-hour podcast. You will not be able to put it down. Trust me. I got to um, go back and hear Jack- that, dude. Because you know what? To this day, Maddie, Matt Maruka from Raw Optics, shout out to his great um, blue blocking eyewear. Maddie was this, I think he was 18 or 17. I met him in New York City in an event. He's like, I want to be on your podcast. And I said, all right, give me your pitch. And he pitched me and I thought, shit, this kid's smart. I had him on the show. To this a couple years ago, dude, to this day, he's my number five download out of 220 recordings or something like that. I mean, he's like literally for a long time, he was my number one download and he'd never been on a podcast, didn't have a big name, didn't have a website, had nothing, just knowledge and a great story. So thank you for mm-hmm. giving him a shout out too. No worries. No worries. Thanks for having me, man. It's been really great. Really fun. Awesome. And so where can we find you on social media? Give us the dates and details on the summit. I'm going to be there. Tons of other amazing people are going to be there. Give, give us all the links and all that stuff right now. Yeah, so it's uh, 14th and 15th of September in central London. It's summit.healthoptimization.com. That's health optimization with an S, not a Z, because we're British. I've, I've had to explain that to many people on my team because <laughs> every time we post about it, it's spelled wrong. And I'm like, ah, oh, God damn it. Spell it right. Mm. Yes. Mm. Or spell it wrong, I should say, because we're over here. So please spell it wrong, team. And what about you, personal Instagram, all that stuff? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. I'm Tim Biohacker. Um, and at Health Optimization Summit is the summit that we're building as well. Awesome, man. Well, great to see you. Thank you so much for your time. And I guess next time I talk to you, it'll probably be uh, when I get off a plane uh-huh. at Heathrow and end up at this this conference, which I'm really excited about, dude. So thank you for putting this together. Thanks for coming on the show. And I look forward to seeing you soon. See you soon, my man. Take care. Another super fun episode for me to participate in. As I always say, I don't know who benefits more from these conversations, me or you, the listener. Hopefully both of us in equal measure. If you dug this episode, share it with a friend. Click share, email it, text it, share it on social media. Uh, if you can't do that, you can always go to lukestory.com forward slash store where you'll find all my favorite goodies. We've got Organifi in there. We've got the Blue Blocks, Blue Blockers. We've got the Beekeepers Naturals, all the chronic stuff over there. And that's a great way to support your health and support the show, of course. I think what was really great about this particular conversation was just another, you know, um, not rags to riches, but I guess you could say energetically rags to riches, someone who really suffered got desperate enough to become willing and open-minded to look into some alternative therapies and managed to escape, at least for the time being, knock on wood, the um, downfall of getting trapped in the medical system. You know, he hit some dead ends there, wasn't finding the answers he wanted, and Tim took it unto himself to take personal responsibility for his life and his health. 
found answers. And now, rather than selfishly going and hiding in a cave and being a healthy guy all alone, he's now created the Health Optimization Summit, which, by the way, again, is September 14th and 15th in London, England. I'll be there. Come chill. It's going to be amazing. Uh, But now he's helping literally thousands and thousands of people by spreading truth about what makes you sick and how to get over it. So very cool experience for me to sit down with Tim. And also, oh, I know what I want to let you know. This Friday, dude, we've got a double episode, which is the Bulletproof Upgrade Labs All-Stars. That's where I interview something like, I don't know, I think it was like 15 people in one weekend. And we do little 15 to 20 minute lightning rounds with each person. And there's some great people on there. Tim's actually on there. Um, who else was on there? Uh, Max Lugavere, Crosby Taylor. Oh, God, I'm running a blank at the moment. I'm short on nootropics I'm currently. No, I'm kind of in a hurry. But anyway, this Friday's bonus show is going to be insane. You're going to really like that. If you listen to my Longevity Now All-Stars episodes last year, you'll get an idea for how we're going to roll Friday. And then, of course, we'll be back Tuesday with our regular programming with Kyle Kingsbury from On It. And he's going to talk about something called penis envy mushrooms. And I'll just leave it at that. Thank you so much for joining me. Can't wait to be back with you for the bonus shows this Friday. That's a double episode, about three hours of content, and then back with you again on Tuesday. I appreciate your ears. I appreciate your heart. Thank you for joining me. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.